Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. You will drive yeah. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And we have an update exclusive. What? Last night, Emily Smith on page six, Jane Krakowski uh-huh. is dating famed architect David Rockwell, not the My Pillow guy. She basically was like, I'm dating someone and now I have to tell everyone who he is because I have to fight this information. And I have to mm-hmm. say, We've got a few calls. We did a few. There's a few sources that we have now that told us that I'm pretty much like 100% sure that's fake. Yeah, it was <laughs> fake news. And now I'm kind of like confused as to why the Daily Mail published it. Like what was their kind of. It's weird. How does it benefit them? Because now he's suing them for like $75,000 or something that's like defamation. But mm-hmm. as, as another person called in and explained what you've explained to me in the past, where it's like you can't say that it hurt you unless it was actually harmful gossip to you. And yeah. so he's claiming that it was harmful and has specific details that are harmful to him. But you can't just be like, I'm suing because you said I'm in a relationship. I'm not. It has to be harmful to your reputation in a way, right? I mean, again, not a lawyer, but it just seems like it's going to be, if not hard, entertaining to see how someone claims that being rumored to be in a relationship with a pretty universally beloved celebrity, people by and large like her how is this defamatory for as a rumor maybe daily mail was just like we know that this is the case we're gonna take the chance and just fucking go for it even though this probably might be false we might get sued and this guy's very Mm -hmm. rich and he has enough money to sue us if anything it's damaging for her reputation to be dating him yeah and she's seems to have laughed it off based on her statement but is she laughing it off when they're leaking her actual boyfriend to the page six clearly (laughs) something serious i mean there's clearly there's like strategy here like why do we give a shit who jane krakowski is dating at this point who is this guy Mm -hmm. you know like literally who cares and that's what she's been working with this whole time uh basically who cares I love this lead, though. A bizarre report that actress... Also, this is page six complaining about the Daily Mail. It's like, we're all... These are both I know. arms of the same tree, branches like, of the babe, same tree. like your cousins. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is your cousin. First cousin. Although, I always complain about my cousins, so okay, I get it. True, true. That's true. A bizarre report that actress Jane Krakowski had an affair with my pillow guy, Mike Lindell, was fiercely shot down. Now, page six can exclusively reveal the 30 Rock star has been sharing more elegant pillow talk with famed architect David Rockwell. It truly you know is funny? Upgrade. Do you and I bet what happened, which I think is just so funny to me? I bet mm-hmm. page six already knew this information, but no one cares who Jane Krakowski is dating he's just an architect (laughs) i bet jane's people were like will you just publish who jane is dating and now it's relevant or they just were like oh page is like we actually know who her boyfriend is let's just publish it again because it's relevant you know what Mm -hmm. i mean but it's funny because the news is coming off as like oh look who she's dating now it's like she's been dating this guy for like what three years two years like for a significant amount of time since 2019 according to this okay so enough time two years one year basically and they're like, let's like time to drop this this news now that she's mm-hmm. relevant. I just think that's so funny because otherwise, why would we have this? Like, who cares? Yeah, and I would believe that because their proof, even as they as you scroll down, it's like she's been pictured with this guy many times, and so it's just like she's not really trying to hide her relationship no, with this. It's just that people don't really care. People don't. Why would care. they care really? Right. And now that this other thing came out, they care. He seems fine, whatever. Like, it doesn't surprise me at all. His stuff is cool. Like, I went to his website, rockwellgroup.com. David Rockwell, like a yeah. fancy, very esteemed architect who designs really cool, like, spaces. It's not like houses. It's like public spaces and businesses. It's cool. I don't know. It looks like a fancy pants architect. That's so funny. You are listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619 Who them let's begin with Ooh, i mean this is thursday morning i hope we're the first ones to tell you about this because these calls 
When I tell you we gasped. When I tell you we gasped. Oh, I love it. It's like we asked for this and you guys delivered. And now I feel like we've ki- we kind of have a solu- an answer to the mystery of the Lily Reinhardt impersonator. And here's your presumed answer. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, so I don't work for Seventeen, but I do work for another major outlet that covers television. And I, too, was almost tricked by fake Lily Reinhardt. But so I just wanted to explain at least what happened from my perspective. So on Friday night, I got an email from a woman claiming to be, or an, an email claiming to be Lily's publicist named Jody Gottlieb, which is her real publicist. But it was from a, an email that was not the email listed on IMDb Pro. And honestly, the email was hysterical and like weird. And, and it also came to my Gmail and not my work email. So like it wasn't like a normal, like, just not normal at all. Like, normally the CW or Warner Brothers would contact me. And just, like, lots of weird little things in the email of, like, Lily is able to answer several questions over the email. And it, like, wanted the quotes published that night or the next day, which is also weird because, like, Friday or Saturday. Like, I immediately contacted Warner Brothers and was like, hey, like, this is weird. And then the 17 tweet went up. So just wanted to add some context as to like how this might have happened um i did not get tricked but obviously 17 did not read the email as well as i did because you know the email was not well written um that's all crunch crunch bye the caller called back and read the email that they got so listen to this email it's amazing obsessed with this i'm obsessed with this hey so i just called about lily reinhardt and the email that i got and i realized i forgot the important barchi part of it which so so I'll just read the email. My name is Jody Gottlieb. I'm Lily Reinhardt's publicist. The CW's marketing team told me you were reporting Riverdale Season 5 news. Lily is able to answer several questions over the email. The main topic is her new experience of working with KJ Appa, following up this article with a link to an article that was not from my site. I thought that you could attach her quotes to some short general commentary for the upcoming season. The only term, quoting material, should be posted today or tomorrow. Let me know if you're interested in this coverage. So basically weirdest email I've ever gotten and made for a hilarious Friday night. But I just wanted to share the important like experience working with KJ Appa part of it because clearly it was a Barchi fan who like honestly like did a better job than some people have of like trying to impersonate a celebrity. Um, that's all. Bye. A Barchi fan meaning a fan of the standum, a, a, a person who's in the standum of Betty and Archie, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Lily Reinhardt and KJ Appa. This is so funny because in a way I'm kind of like, how could you be fooled by this email? But also who would fool somebody in this way? So it's almost mm-hmm. like you could be fooled by this if you were desperate for like a scoop or an exclusive and you watched Riverdale and you knew that it was like good information or kind of spoilery to get this mm-hmm. and post it. So you're like excited to do that. But then part of, and part of me is like, well, why would anyone have the impetus to lie about that in this very specific way? Like, again, it's kind of like. Oh my God! Have you heard? You've heard of the Hollywood Con Queen, that podcast about the oh yeah the person I mean, who was calling, yeah. right? Calling people in Hollywood. Basically, it's a it's a podcast. You can go listen to the Hollywood Con Queen. It, uh, he was recently arrested too. It mm-hmm. was a man who was impersonating high power, like high ranking Hollywood executives like Amy Pascal, and literally sending people on these wild goose chases of like, like fake the jobs, <laughs> essentially like jobs that didn't exist. But it was just like for a power play almost. It wasn't mm-hmm. even. The reason why they had such a hard time catching this person was because he didn't really have like a motive that was traditional. Like he wasn't scamming them out of money. He wasn't kind of there. It was more literally for like the influence and the power. And this is almost this is a little similar, not too far off that like no. the Barchi fan wanted to like leak information about their favorite standum, essentially, which to me yeah. is like we're in new we're in a new territory, baby. Like that's crazy. I think the Archie stand must understand that they can't actually influence the the writer's room you know like they can't actually influence Riverdale to do what they want via these methods but they can just keep the Barchi narrative alive in the general consciousness which is all they really care about I think right like they want people to keep thinking about and shipping Barchi whether or not what they do to get that conversation going actually creates change you know like it's not really about the show it's about the conversation it's about the actual stand-up 
staying alive. Right. And it's funny. It's like how you knew if it's not true, it's not going to happen. You knew you're going to get caught. I don't know. There's so yeah. many like interesting things here. It's like, you know, you were going to get caught doing this. Not that you're not going to get in trouble. And it's also like a dare. It's almost almost just like, can I do it? Like, can I get this published by someone? Yeah. yeah. And to, And to be honest, another thing is like, to kind of give a little credit to Seventeen or other mags like that is like this is the kind of email you do get from publicists all the time. It's mm-hmm. probably not very well written. I mean, there's a lot of publicists who are not as like fluid with email as as younger people are. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me to get an email that feels like a little off from a publicist. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. That kind of looks like it could have been written by a robot. Hi, the weekly. You've probably gotten calls about this. I am a Tesla owner. Our cars don't have engines. Just don't. We don't have that thing in the roof of our car. In fact, um, if you look under the roof, or under, sorry, if you look under the hood of a Tesla, it's just a trunk. It's called a frunk. We don't have that. We just have a battery for our car. So what I'm really saying is Jamie Lynn ran over those cats. And what's really interesting is that Tesla had to add this like whirring sound to the car because it was too silent. So it actually does kind of make a noise. Um, if she ran over her cats, user error, crunch, crunch, crunch. When I tell you we got a million calls about this, a few being I like, know. um, actually Teslas don't have engines. I know, I, was like, I gotta Look. say, some weeks we get amazing calls and some weeks we get 70 calls about people's fucking Teslas. And I have to say, like, I do not prefer, I do not prefer the latter. <laughs> I mean, it's good to know. I mean, I feel like glad I you all have Teslas. Must be nice. I knew that Teslas don't have engines, but what I meant was like the cat crawled up in there and something happened to it whenever she pushed go. There's got to be something toxic going up in the in, up in that car that could kill a cat if it got up there. Come on, what do you think your Teslas run on? Rainbows. <laughs> The only way to kill a cat with a car that's a Tesla because it doesn't have the situation that we thought it did is to directly run them over. So now we have a <laughs> answer to this question. That's that's like what I think the point of this is, is that Jamie Lynn Spears probably ran nice over her try. Cats. Tesla got to her, too. We know that they got to her quick. It's like John Grisham. It's like she was Pelican briefed, like she was getting like threatening calls. Yeah. And we're not in the pocket of big Tesla, you know, so we can say whatever we want. We, you know, Elon Musk cannot take away my Tesla. I simply do not have one. Would I be willing to be in the pocket of big Tesla? Gladly. Sure. Give me a Tesla, I'll be in your pocket. Right, but what I'd ask for is a ride to the moon. I'm not trying to get a Tesla. I'm trying to think big. Every time I see it, because every once in a while you see a Tesla around, like New York City. Of course you do. People drive them. Every time I see one, I'm like, I mean, they look like future cars. Like I'm not around them enough to be sort of conditioned to them. But when I see them, I'm like, oh my God, it's beautiful. And guess what you haven't seen on the road yet? The Cybertruck, which still has not come to fruition. Did you Remember get a I refund? I was so excited about it. I did. I gave I gave him a hundred dollar down payment as a bit, and then I was like, "Fuck Elon Musk!" And also, mm-hmm. like, "Where's my Cybertruck?" And I took my hundred dollars back. Took it back. Good. And I now I don't know if I'll ever. But I haven't even seen. This was years ago, and there's still no proof of Cybertruck. I think somebody asked Grimes, "Have you seen the Cybertruck?" And she was like, "Yeah, liar, liar ass liar." Let's move on to questions. The Omaha World Herald. Omaha's Jojo Siwa comes out as part of the LGBTQ community. The lead reads, Jojo Siwa, a teen star from Omaha, came out as a member of the LGBTQ community on Saturday. Love a local angle. Love it. Crunch, crunch. (laughs) Love a local angle. I love it. The locals. It. The locals are proud of JoJo. I'm proud of JoJo. I feel like a local who's proud of JoJo. Is she a them? Bojo. Well, okay. Bo-jo-jo. So this is my thing is Bojojo, who huh. is JoJo Siwa, who uh, came out as part of the LGBTQ plus community. JoJo is not doing labels. She's like, no labels. holding off on that. Yep. She's. I think she's 17. She's like, there's time to figure that out, yeah. that shit out. I just know that I am part of this community, which is really exciting. A lot of people suspected it, but, you know, it was great because we all were respectful of JoJo until she decided she wanted to share that information with everyone. But aside from that, for our purposes, it was crazy to me how much attention this got, not just by people who I thought cared about Bo JoJo like us. Not just Just Jared Jr. No, it was across the board, which makes me think, is Bo JoJo a them? And this is... 
this is adding up all the things about her that I've seen recently. Because obviously, if a celebrity comes out, no matter big or small, that usually tends to make the news, I think, because that's something that people tend to care about is other people's sexuality in terms mm-hmm. of especially public figures, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean if you came out and was talked about, you are them. But I do think yeah. that just the immense amount of coverage and what it looked like and people tweeting about it and people asking us about it or calling, it made me be like, is JoJo a them? Yeah. Bo JoJo. I think she might be. <laughs> it's weird. Which is crazy. We graduated her in at some point the past year or something. Mm-hmm. When it comes to teenagers, I... The only other, like, kind of close teenager I can think of is maybe Millie Bobby Brown. And if we're going Millie Bobby Brown, I would say that she's a bigger deal than Millie Bobby Brown. I think she's definitely a bigger deal. And I also think she spans generations because kids like her and the parents of kids know who she is, too. Right. The only people who might not know her are, like, our parents, like, millennial parents, like, boomers, because she wasn't part of our era. But she also is kind of everywhere, like, in ways that that you kind of don't see until you're like she's everywhere you know she's everywhere yeah Yeah. because she is like you said popular with the parents like in the world of entertainment for children like youtube entertainment for children i think that she's one of the more tolerable figures and whereas like parents aren't don't feel like they're watching nails on a chalkboard whenever they have their videos on and because of that because the parents are familiar with her and kind of tend to like her it's a big risk to t- to say it's a big risk. I'm gay or I'm in the LGBTQ community. I think people still think that it's like so easy now just because there's mm-hmm. a lot of like there's a lot more gay people in like the limelight. That does not mean that, that it's easy being in the entertainment industry and coming out is easy. That's what I kind of I don't love about the story. I guess that's kind of wrong to say. But what what is nice to be reminded about always is that it's always a risk to come out and it's like brave to do so. And mm-hmm. every time somebody who's who's a high profile, who's a good person, not like a Kevin Spacey type, you know, like not shitheads, when they come out, it's like very great for younger people and also just for everyone. Because yeah. Jojo, Jo Bo Jojo's whole thing is that she's like a good role model for children. And I think she upholds that like throughout her entire life. She's not one of those like, you know, public facing Disney stars who's like, I'm sweet. And then behind the scenes is like, I'm the devil. Like, like <laughs> yeah. she really is like, yeah. you can tell. Obviously, I don't know her behind closed doors, but I do think she's kind of a 24-7 posy vibes theater kid moment type person. We've heard mm-hmm. stories from friends who've met her in public. I wasn't our friend. Like I stood in front of her in line and she's exactly the same as she is online. <laughs> Loud, yeah. funny, kind of yelling, bright. Oh, you know, cool. This. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, like, cool. Nice. Hey, awesome. Cool. Mate. Wow. Nice. Cool. Like a <laughs> yeah. sick. You know, she, it's nice to hear about like, she seems to have a good head on her shoulders is what I guess I'm saying in so many different ways. It's I'm speaking around myself. But yeah, the first thing that happened was there were rumblings that she had come out because she posted a video of herself on TikTok dancing to I love this born this way by Lady Gaga. I love that born this way is just going to remain sort of like vitamin C graduation. It's just like it will always be the song. To be honest, like what was the song? What was the song before that? Like I'm coming out by Diana Ross. Like, is that what it is? Is that what you would say? Like an empowering anthem about. About, about defining out, one's sexuality. Gay, yeah. Yeah. Right. But I guess like people were still confused though because I think what I thought was really nice about the whole thing is that everyone I saw was like speculating but didn't actually say. It was always like seemingly Jojo Siwa has come out. Right. Mm-hmm. Seemingly. Yeah, we seemingly, don't know. Seemingly. Because she has not said like, hi, I am part of, you know, the LGBTQ community. Like she was just like filming videos of herself singing Lady Gaga. Meanwhile, we know this girl's <laughs> a huge little monster. We stand that. And we know that she loves like rainbows and stuff already. Plenty so of straight is... people love Lady Gaga and rainbows. Exactly. And Jojo Siwa has made rainbows her thing for a very long time. So who's to say that now the rainbow is gay? We don't know. But as it turns we don't out, know. We know because be. then she it is. Yeah, because then the funniest thing happened was, wait, you have to say what the big reveal well, then, was. Really then funnier. the big reveal, which was the one where you could like not take it back. There was no gray area. She wasn't just a little monster. She wore a shirt that said best period gay period cousin period ever, I, which, I, <laughs> which her cousin gave her. <laughs> like if, if someone isn't jumping on making and selling that merch, because now it's kind of this like meta joke about Jojo Siwa coming out by wearing a shirt that says best gay cousin ever. She wrote also, she had to clarify because she wrote, my cousin got me this shirt, meaning she's the cousin who is gay versus the cousin who gave her the shirt is gay. You know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's a very like I'm with stupid shirt. Like it's not a cool <laughs> yeah. vibe. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of those like fill in the blank mugs and shirts that you oh can my get God. on best Amazon blank ever. Like, like dad, babysitter, best dog. dad, best petroleum engineer, best nurse ever, oh, best those. third grade teacher ever. But it's you can like buy the... anything. You can get a shirt that says like anything. You know, they have those algorithm shirts now that you can say like whatever you want. Essentially, there's this one that I found really quickly on Amazon that is the the construction is I may be the world's best blank occupation, but even I can't fix stupid. And so there's one I may be the world's best HVAC engineer, but even I can't <laughs> fix stupid. And then I may be the world's best dispatcher, but even I can't fix stupid. I love like a weirdly specific shirt. I found a really good one that was clearly could be any you could put any job in here. I never asked to be the world's best blank, but here I am crushing it. And the one that they use as an as an example is, I never asked to be the world's best food scientist, but here I am crushing it. <laughs> food scientist. <laughs> Incredible. I love food scientists. If Google knows you're like a nurse or whatever, they'll 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 like share these shirts with you. Like, I'm a nurse and I love my dachshund and I don't give a fuck what you think. You know what I mean? Like And this house runs on Amazon Prime and Disney Plus. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, it's just funny because it's like, yeah, I, I'm looking now and I found this shirt. It's like, never underestimate a mother who listens to Iron Maiden and was born in August. Like, how <laughs> do these shirts, ex- you know, it's like, or like, it's a Bobby thing who was born in April thing. You wouldn't get it because they're just putting in like words that they find about you. It's kind of incredible. Like Only- never <laughs> underestimate a woman who loves Stephen King and was born in April. I'm a Taurus who podcasts and my favorite movie is In Her Shoes. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how did you find this perfect mug for me? Right. I honestly want to feed the internet as much of my, they already have all of it all, but I would love to feed them more information in order to get targeted these types of t-shirts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it yeah. would be, it'd be great. I could, you know, buy them. Okie dokie. It's a Rachel thing. You wouldn't understand. Keep calm and let Rachel handle it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Keep calm and let Rachel handle it. <laughs> this is a great one. The occupation is at the top podcaster because badass motherfucker isn't an official job title (laughs) (laughs) could be anything but especially putting podcaster there makes it like truly null and void i love my helix mattress i love my helix pillow what else is there to say about helix i freaking love it (laughs) when i sleep on other beds what is there else to say is that i come back to my bed and i'm like this is the bed this is the bed and it's honestly spoiled me for other beds and i don't like traveling sometimes because i'm like this is not my bed where's my bed i want my bed i've made it's it's my special bed it's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body Mm -hmm. i took the helix quiz it told me which helix mattress to get and that's the one i got and that's the one that i love and that's the one that i will not stop Mm -hmm. using because it's the best mattress i've ever slept on Mm -hmm. the mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the helix rude. so much. It's so rude. Everybody is unique. And I mean, everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different. And that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Alev, Alen, Alev, Alvin, Alev, Aiden. Uh, Halsey's co-parent. What's his deal? It dropped yesterday. Big news. 
Halsey, a.k.a. Ashley. You'd rearrange the words to mean Halsey. Mm-hmm. So Halsey's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Now we know. Ashley. Ashley Fran Japan. What's her last name? I fr- always Fran Japan. I think it's Fran Japan. Yeah. New Jersey's finest. She's from New Jersey, right? <laughs> yes. Like the Jonas Brothers. She's New Jersey. Yes. Finest. I'm going to play the clip of her singing Blink-182 in the mall in New Jersey. Oh, never forget. She's clearly from New Jersey. We <laughs> we have to stand, if if anything, about her. We stand that. Don't really stand her music, but everything else, fine. Don't waste your time on me. You're already in the forest inside my I completely support Halsey, a great a great category of celebrity who like you really do not care about any of their art, but you're happy to see them succeed. She's like the new generation of Dwayne Reed music, I think. Whoever's making music now, which is going to be like in Dwayne Reed's for years, I think this is going to yeah. Halsey is like going to fill that that hole. There's something pink about her where it's like very approachable alt. She's one of those people that like critics are always like, she's underrated in terms of musical talents. And I'm like, mm, that's okay, keep her. You know what I mean? For now. And maybe in the future, I would feel that way looking back on, at her work. But like, I'm kind yeah. of like, all right. You know, like she makes a catchy song here and there. You can't deny mm-hmm. it. But yeah. I'm not no, like, can't a, deny it. I wouldn't say that I'm a Halsey diehard, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's pregnant. Like she did what everyone else did during COVID, which is get fucking pregnant. I got to mm-hmm. say, it is incredible. And I saw a great tweet that was like Evan Peters wishes or something. And it was a picture of Emma Roberts and Halsey both pregnant because as true heads know, those are his exes. <laughs> he did them both. But he specifically doesn't wish. You think Evan Peters wants to be a father? No, he doesn't I wish. I know. Maybe that's why these women broke up with him or yeah. like, you know, that's why exactly. their relationships yeah, ended. That's a but possibility. Halsey, this, Evan Peters was her last public boyfriend. So I think a lot of people were confused about who this baby daddy is. Everyone's got mm-hmm. it. You, that's the first question everyone thinks, which is bad. Who is the daddy? Because she totally could just have a baby on her own. You don't need to know who yeah, the daddy is. of course. Is. People, fans brought up, everyone, you know, Halsey was with g Easy, mm-hmm. And I guess she got pregnant Gerald. and had a miscarriage. And she wrote about it in a song, this, that very popular song, you know? Mm-hmm. I never, ever had a baby with you. That song. I'm so glad I now she's having a baby with this guy, Alev. What's his last name? Alev. Aiden. She tagged him in the photo so everyone kind of knew. It's really a new relationship, but you know. Mm-hmm. And he responded, heart so full, I love you sweetness, because she revealed this on Instagram, obviously, well, or not obviously, but she revealed it in a photo shoot, which a lot of people have done. Nikki did it too. But it's, it's like, very here's my body. Yeah. There's a photo. Yes, Beyonce started this trend. I mean, in terms of doing it yourself on your social platforms and having the the very professional photo shoot, but putting it on your own platform, right. not like putting it on the not like Vanity calling Fair or a magazine yeah. and saying like, I'm going to say I'm pregnant, like help me release this information. Uh, so they are them. beautiful photos, very like tilde, aesthetic tilde, like very halsey. Very halsey. Heart so full. I love you, sweetness. Heart, heart. And she wrote back, I love you. And I love this mini human already. Mini human. If this guy were not in the entertainment industry, I don't think the tone or the language would have been as it is now. So like, because he's just barely in the entertainment industry, like he has a few IMDb credits. He's like a screenwriter. He's a director. But all this stuff is totally who he's up. Like little short films, little things that honestly I'd never heard about. His known for on IMDb stretches the limits of what known for could actually mean. It's like small shots, writer, controller, writer, hitman, writer. He's like writes short films. Like I've never heard of any of these things. Maybe this doesn't make any sense, but I think because Halsey before him dated high profile people like who's essentially, Mm -hmm. I think because she dated him after no one really picked it up or gave a shit because it almost felt like it's a kind of a this is somebody who normally dates like other people in their so famous realm and on which, their on their level and because she dated down fame wise like it didn't really register as much yeah with with them like there was no like oh Halsey is dating this guy news because who is this guy who cares so now that it takes a baby it to make it serious the news right like mm-hmm. If she was engaged, they would do the same thing because they're like, oh, who is she engaged to? Oh, who is she having a baby with? And then all of a sudden, this guy she's been dating for a few months, there's photos of them out there, you know, like, of course, he becomes something that that the press cared about. I mean, I'm sure her stands knew that she was dating him already because like, I just think it's funny that because he's in entertainment, there's like this like all knowing tone where like the the tabloids sort of almost gaslight you into (laughs) 
thinking that this guy's famous? Oh, it's uh, this guy. We love his work on Felly, Hitman, Los Angeles. She's dating screenwriter Alev Aiden. And it's like, you don't know who this is. Like, don't don't try to tell me you know who this Stop is. Stop gaslighting me. We don't know who this is. This is not a who. This is a nah. <laughs> Heart so full. The screenwriter wrote via Instagram. Love you, sweetness. It's like, you had to Google that he was a screenwriter. You so know? they got, there were photos. They got matching tattoos a few months ago. That say like sweet? That what do they say? Seeds. They say seeds. 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 <laughs> In each other's handwriting, which is very sweet, but I'm also like, sure. he definitely gave her another bit of his seed. There are more seeds yeah, involved. Yeah, that's a good one. That's Thanks. a good one. Sorry. That's a good one. But Sorry. it's funny. It's it's just like Jane Krakowski and this architect guy. There are photos of them together. Like there are Getty photos of them at Lakers games together. You know, like that's not a thing that you do on the down low. You sit courtside at the Lakers game if you want to be seen. And yet no one cared until she got pregnant because he's not a famous person. He's not a famous person. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's a great decision to get pregnant by somebody who's not famous because her her last relationships were so like distraught, like, you know, Mm -hmm. Like, maybe not Evan Peters as much, but when they got together, people were so concerned about him and Emma Roberts having broken up that it was, like, kind of scandalous. I'm vegan, but Eva Longoria making vegan deviled eggs is the stupidest slash grossest thing I've ever seen. Like, you need to watch the video. It's so weird. Okay. Tim to go To be fair, as somebody who loves deviled eggs, they're disgusting. Mm-hmm. So for the vegan version to be equally disgusting, I have to stand. Wow, we're really <laughs> standing today. But I'm just saying, like, I, 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 you have to respect it. The vegan version should be just as disgusting. And if deviled eggs are gross, even though we love them. <laughs> they're so good. Come on, but you have to admit they're gross. Whenever Lindsay put this in the doc and was like, look, it sounds really stupid, but honestly, watch both videos because they're good. And I was like, vegan deviled eggs are already vegan. And it took me... A solid 15 to 20 seconds to remember that eggs were not vegan. Wow. You're really part of the problem. But then I was like, how is this sorceress going to make vegan deviled eggs when the eggs are so essential to the plot? (laughs) You know, the recipe. The recipe is from another uh, iconic Who breakout star, Tabitha Brown, from TikTok who we talked about. Still a Who. Still a Who, but definitely a TikTok breakout. I see her on commercials now all the time. I'm like, oh, there she is again. Mm -hmm. It's her recipe. And it's very creative, I have to say. Vegan recipes are always so creative. She recently got profiled in. We don't need to get over it because we know all about her but she's from North Carolina that's like what her twang is it's like a specific North Carolina accent Mm -hmm. but she got a profile in Southern Living that's really cute you can find it Southern Living is a perfect match for her love and there's really good photos but it's just like she is becoming famous she's a really great food personality Lindsay and I were talking about this yesterday where it's like wow it's so perfect that so far the most non-problematic and easy to love YouTubers are old people. <laughs> it's mm. well, that's Nathan Apodaca and Tabitha Brown. Well, because they don't act like idiots, right? And it's also refreshing to have older people who are not, who don't feel like new platforms always feel just y- filled with young people because those are the people mm-hmm. that like learn how to take, know how to take the time and have the patience for like a new app and figuring out how it works and what's best. So that's why it's so charming that somebody who's not as native to that platform kind of does something successful on it. I also yeah. think it's so funny because this just is like, I, I've, there's nothing wrong with veganism. Like, whatever. Do you? Like, eat whatever you want. I love it. I wish I had the, I wish I had the uh, self, what do you call it? Like, the, self-discipline? The discipline, exactly, to do something like this. But what cracks me up is the Natalie, Natalie portification of celebrities where they're like, I'm vegan. And it becomes like part of like creating almost... Because they're so self, they're so absorbed, self-absorbed. They're so narcissistic that it's like when they become vegan, it becomes their whole life, and it's their brand. And now, as a celebrity, they have to like do vegan stuff publicly, you know, mm-hmm. and remind audiences that they are in fact a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> so Eva Longoria is not a vegan, but she's dabbled in veganism, and I guess she's getting back into dabbling with veganism, and that's why she referenced Tabitha Brown's recipe. That's why she was drawn to it. And the weird thing is. Tabitha's video is really good. It's like 20 minutes long. It's really long. And she talks about how she created the recipe. Because the thing about recipes, which you have to remember, is that recipes can't be copyrighted. So So you have to create 
context that is sellable around yeah. the recipe that people would come back to you to explain it versus like someone copying and pasting their your recipe which they will do and exactly somewhere. Yeah. and so when you look at someone saying like oh this is a recipe these are my it's it's a it's a tick that you see in in recipe language recipe culture where it's like these are my famous brownies and then when you actually look in the recipe you're like no these are fucking nestle's famous brownies like you didn't do anything you're very obsessed special with here. that you're obsessed but with that like, type of uh yeah kind and of it's, switcheroo it's, because you can because legally there are no consequences you can say whatever you want when it comes to recipes yeah and so tabitha whenever she's like these are my vegan deviled eggs my gut when i hear stuff like that it's like okay where did you get the recipe from i don't i think she literally fully developed this on her own because i couldn't find this anywhere else and she tells this long story where she's like i had a dream about deviled eggs because she's southern and deviled eggs are doesn't she call them saved eggs (laughs) yes saved eggs and if you google vegan deviled eggs most of them are going to be made out of either like like the egg substitute is either going to be tofu or potatoes But anyway, her version is, I had a dream about making deviled eggs out of mushroom caps. And she woke up and developed this recipe. And there's honestly not much to it. It's very, it's so smart. Well, I have to say a mushroom cap and a, the like, the egg, the white of the egg that's been hard boiled. It's a similar texture. It's very smart. Sort of like squishy. Yeah, kind of like, um squishy but still solid like the bounce back what she does is she pickles them which is genius she pickles them in pickle juice and then she makes because deviled eggs good deviled eggs always have that kind of like sour pickly vibe and then she makes obviously she uses chickpeas for the yolk and then kind of makes like a mush out of it and then seasons the mush she's made like a fake tuna salad out of chickpeas she loves chickpea mush yeah Yeah. she loves chickpeas god I just I can't believe I'm remembering yellow pocket angel eggs what was that some like Christian lady making deviled eggs we definitely talked about it and I already forgot forgot who it is what it was it was the duggers <laughs> right they wanted to make deviled eggs but they wanted to make holy versions <laughs> and they called them yellow pocket angel eggs i hate that they still used real eggs these are the true saved eggs where you're not using any eggs yes these are saved. but you soak your mushrooms in pickle juice i mean i'm doing this i have mushrooms in the fridge and i have pickle juice are you doing I it? Constantly have pickle juice i'm gonna do it i'm gonna soak them tonight and make them tomorrow for lunch i think they'll be good but i don't think they'll taste like deviled eggs like i respect it and i think it's great to kind of to try and figure out how to replicate the texture of a deviled egg but i don't think they're gonna taste like deviled but the eggs. flavor profile that's so smart is that is that pickly is the pickly brine flavor yeah. and she figured out how to do that anyway we're spending too much time just like talking we about how are. much we love mayonnaise and pickles but also like is eva longoria like doing this now that's what i'm talking about it's like eva longoria first of all f- suddenly i don't know what happened but eva longoria is the face of the democratic party i think that eva longoria is you know she's moved into production that's more I was of her gonna say, thing do you now think she wants to host is that what's happening here she's like trying to be a host maybe because in addition to the activism that's sort of all over her instagram she's also sharing recipes not just vegan deviled eggs she's sharing recipes she's sharing lifestyle tips like workout routines and stuff like at-home workout routines skincare routines like there's something bubbling i think right i'm like waiting for her to launch some sort of like food network show or like host a cooking competition or like it just seems like she's heading in that direction maybe she already does and we just don't know but she seems like kind of hosty right now and referencing tap of the brown can only work in her favor totally because everyone likes tap of the brown hey so i just called about something different but then i realized so in the past year i have called like twice about russell brand and my questions have never been answered so um third time i would love to know What's the deal with Russell Brand? Um, what's he been up to? Clearly, he's a who now. Was he ever a them? Um, I'm a middle school teacher. I'll play that card if it gets you guys to finally tell me about Russell Brand. Make my dreams come true. All right. Thank you. Me and Doris. This is so interesting. Haven't thought about him in so long. Like, truly yeah. have not thought about him in have so not. long. Since his last, like, quote-unquote scandal, which was that he did an interview where he was like, I haven't spent 24 straight hours with my kid before. My wife does all the parenting, and people were mad at him. Like, When okay. was that? 2019. So Russell Brand, I would say, his peak culture moment was when he was, was forgetting Sarah Marshall. 2008. And then, 
and then get him to the Greek was he was a comedian crossover. He was like Tiffany Haddish, let's say, like someone who was like Dane Cook before him, you know, who he, came he out had of his nowhere, kind of came out of nowhere. We loved his br- dry British sense of humor. He was quirky. He was engaged to Katy Perry. Never forget. That is they iconic. They got married. They, oh, they got married. God, <laughs> you're so right because she got a divorce from him. And he was awful to her. <laughs> awful. He treated her so poorly. And I have a sense. And then she woke up. Was... She got wide awake after him, you know? He gave us wide awake. He gave us wide awake. Wow. I think well, he also gave us part of me. I think he gave us a lot. <laughs> but he fully did a 180 in that now his whole thing is being anti-celebrity celebrity. You're still a celebrity, sir, because people still pay attention to you and consume your thoughts and whatever. But he's now, his whole thing is like, I'm kind of a commentator of culture and celebrity. I guess I knew about the podcast, but I never listened to it. It's called Under the Skin. It's one of those on um, Luminary, so you have to pay for Luminary to listen to it. He gives out, you know what he gives out? Alec Baldwin vibes. It's like someone who is like famous for one thing, but it's like, I really just want to be like a culture commentator. But usually those types of culture commentators- I'm too smart for this. They flop because like Al Baldwin yeah. is a good example. You're too you're too in it to have like any sort of smart thing to say about it. And I think that's maybe what Russell Brand is trying to like deconstruct within himself via like these videos and conversations. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he's kind of a weird like nihilist of all of this, but also totally a celebrity who benefits from celebrity culture. But Alec Baldwin, the Alec Baldwin comparison is spot on to me because he has that same sort of superiority complex where he's self-aware enough to understand that A, he's a celebrity and B, the public is interested in him because of that. Yeah. And he's not necessarily resentful of it, but he thinks that he's doing it better than everyone else. His last big movie or the last like movie he really did was Arthur because after that, since that, he was in Rock of Ages and then he basically has done like cartoon voices since cartoon in terms voices. of like yeah. big vid- big movies like he's in Trolls 2 and Despicable Me and stuff. I saw that he's going to be in the sequel to uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which again I forgot was even happening. But oh, the death that's on an a Isle. good so that's a that good role for him, like ensemble, which is what Rock of Ages was. It was more of an ensemble thing. He's making that minions money though. He's rich. Don't be don't be fooled. This guy's rich. This he's guy's rich as hell. Minions money. They this print money rich as and hell. the Minion Factory. It's yellow <laughs> and has a minion on it, <laughs> and you can <laughs> you can definitely use it. <laughs> yeah, you can use it at Sweet Green. You can use it at uh, no. You can only use it at like Craig's and Nobu. <laughs> <laughs> and like Truly. Erewhon and right. Ralph's. <laughs> it's like Steve Carell and Russell Brand only use Minions money. And it's yeah. and it buys like miso cod and like sashimi. <laughs> like it doesn't. You can pay your mortgage with it, but it has to be in Los Angeles County, like nowhere else. Right. And you can only um, use it to pay a down payment. And it has to be over $50,000. Yeah. <laughs> Minion, great interest rates. Minions money will get you great oh, interest incre- rates. Um, Are you kidding? So- <laughs> a mortgage and Minion? Oh, you could. The percentage. The Alone. wildest thing he's married to. I guess we could talk about his his wife really quickly. I don't want after to. <laughs> his wife is boring. His wife is boring. She's British. She's a like a very normie basic Instagram influencer. Her thing is Joy Journal. It's very like naturalistic, like outdoor, um, artisanal parenting. It's almost like he's he's like I'm not. It's not a cult. Like cults are bad, but like join my cults. Like he's got he's got this weird guru vibe about him now. Maybe it's he- the necklace. Does and it's the but it's and it's because it's not a podcast. It's because he turned into a YouTuber, which I didn't know about until this caller and I was looking him up. He has right. two million subscribers on YouTube, and I was like, okay, well, it's not hard for a celebrity to get the subscribers on YouTube. We've all seen someone uh, named Brie Larson get her subscribers, but be oh like pretty much God. uninterested and she's do still, it as she's sort still of an chugging away on YouTube. She's still plugging away. But Russell posts even more frequently than Brie. It's every other day, sometimes, sometimes every day. But like he's releasing seven videos a week. They're kind of like little lectures, right? There's something Joe Rogany in that he's like a straight man who thinks that he's smarter than he is. But it seems, based on the few videos that I've watched, I've only watched like three of them. It sort of seems like he doesn't drift into like conspiratorial world. I think he, well, he also has like kind of a catchy, I don't know how to explain this, but his tone and the way he speaks is catchy. Like mm-hmm. who else kind of has this where it's like, it's such a unique type of diction and you're able to like be a storyteller. Kind of it's like story time, so the mm-hmm. the trope of storytelling on YouTube, which is yeah. a huge thing, which is how like- Gigi Gorgeous. Yeah, like Tana, like all those people, like they got big on 
YouTube because they were able to to tell this like engrossing story with a very specific type of tone. It's the secret sauce. It's the je ne sais quoi of celebrity. Though, I mean, I will say I haven't watched all of his videos. And if you told me that his politics were actually bad, I wouldn't be surprised. But based on what I've seen, he doesn't appear to be riling up domestic terrorists, which I think is a good thing. But is he high on his own supply? Probably. It almost feels like oh, Russell Brand, eye roll, what's he up to? And it's like, actually, he's like being, you know, he's just talking on, he's talking on platforms. He's talking mm. on YouTube. He's out here talking he's on talking. YouTube. And more people than ever, I bet, will see something like this and think, who cares? Who cares? I'm trying to cope with my own reality, my own mental health challenges, my own relationship, the loss of my own vision of what life is, my own fears and economic insecurities. What I reckon is interesting about this video is the appetite to maintain certain media tropes at a time that no longer require them. I think our attitude towards celebrity is changing. I think our attitude to commercialization and commodification ought be changing along with it. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I am really distraught. I opened up my Spotify tonight and they're advertising an audiobook to me of Frankenstein. I open it up and I'm like, okay, Frankenstein. I love Frankenstein. I wrote a, a capstone paper on it in college. And come to find out, they're advertising it to me because they allegedly paid David Dobrik the YouTube star David Obrick to record the audiobook and it's his voice literally reading Frankenstein by Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley. And I I don't know. I don't think it's worth talking about, but I just wanted to let you know. Um, because it made me really distraught. Okay, crunch crunch. What's funny about this to me is that Spotify like is treating the reading of Frankenstein like a podcast. It's like it's it's within the podcast that they release, you know? It's mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, two gals, one pizza, and then David Dobrik reading Frankenstein are like side by side, you know? And it's all public domain stuff. And it's like the, of course. the, the books on here are, are ones that they can do for free. And then obviously they're paying the celebrities to read them. It is smart, though, I have to say, because... First of all, like it's a good way to use a celebrity to, to do something. The celebrity doesn't have to mm -hmm. do anything but read. There's no creative I impetus or whatever. You just have to make an interesting pairing of the celebrity and the content, you know? Mm -hmm. And after seeing how much Calm.com, a sponsor of ours, has sold their celebrity stories, people actually do want to hear or find comfort in celebrities' voices, mm -hmm. reading things, telling them stories, reading them things or whatever, as yeah. you know. He's not very good at reading the book, I have to say. Because, no. you know, audiobooks, they're a specific skill. You got to know how to really keep the pace and do the voices and have fun with it. And he's not, I'm not sure he's re really understanding what he's reading. It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> when you look at, um, when you look at the other offerings that they have, him alongside Audra McDonald reading a book. Forrest Whitaker reading a book, Hilary Swank reading a book, who I don't even like, but I feel like she'd put more effort into this. It's like Cynthia Erivo reading Persuasion, and then here's David Dobrik. As the memory of past misfortunes pressed upon me, I began to reflect on their cause. The monster whom I had created, the miserable demon whom I had sent abroad into the world for my destruction. I was possessed by a maddening rage when I thought of him and desired and ardently prayed that I might have him within my grasp to wreak a great and signal revenge on his cursed head. Who is David Dobrik to the people who don't know? I don't think we've ever necessarily talked about him, but he's big YouTuber. We've almost talked about him so many times and we just don't. He's a really, really famous YouTuber. But he's like boring. He like did pranks, but they're kind of basic. And he and he like had a girlfriend. There was like drama there who's a YouTuber. And that's kind of like I can't even think of like an interesting. There's really not much very interesting about him except for mm -hmm. just knowing he's extremely popular on his channels. Yeah. You know, yeah. So obviously they're tr they're trying to get teen they're trying to get young people to read Frankenstein. 
he's a comedian, by the way. I think we have to say his his videos, it, it's comedy videos. Like his... Totally. It was silly, goofy stuff. I think he started on Vine and then he moved on to YouTube. Didn't we talk about him? We canceled it. We we cut it. Maybe he like we cut came him out a with a perfume times. or something and he like yeah. did like a perfume ad and it was I thought it was fake, but it was actually real. Mm-hmm. He actually released a perfume line. I don't know. He's the YouTube people do so much that it's even hard to keep up even if they do one thing interesting because it's so short-lived. It's such a 15 minutes of like... You know, it's like, oh, everyone's watching this video and then, like, never talk about it again. You know, mm-hmm. oh, David Dobrik did a vi- perfume and then no one ever talked about it again, yeah. kind of. But he is, over his two big channels, he has, like, over 25 million subscribers. Like, this guy is so, so, so rich. And you know that because he's done, like, Architectural Digest tours of his houses. He's <laughs> you very, know that very, because very, very You know that because he let Architecture Digest look at his house. But I just wonder, does it translate to listening to Frankenstein on Spotify being read by David Dobrik. Like, I don't know. I don't know. There's thought put there in that, like, of these public domain works, Frankenstein, something you read in high school, you know, like Frankenstein, I can understand why that would skew young. It's on a syllabus. So if you were somebody younger who wanted, who had to read Frankenstein for school, listening to it read by David Dobrik might be interesting to you. One of my favorite books that I read in high school, honestly. Of the classic literature that you have to read in high school, it's one of the best ones on the list. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Would I have listened to David Dobrik reading Frankenstein if I were in high school? Maybe, probably. <laughs> Maybe, probably. It adds like a new dimension to the books. We already had the conversation about Great Gatsby going into the public domain. I feel like this is like a version of what we were talking about, which is like these yeah. amazing works are kind of free for all, meaning you can totally adapt them and use them. And I've seen so many Frankenstein adaptations in the past whatever years. People always come back to that story and fuck with it. It was already one in the morning. The rain pattered dismally against the panes and my candle was nearly burnt out when by the glimmer of the half-extinguished light, I saw the dull yellow eye of the creature open. It breathed hard and a convulsive motion agitated its limbs. How can I describe my emotions at this catastrophe? Or how delineate the wretch whom with such infinite pains and care I had endeavored to form? His limbs were in proportion, and I had selected his features as beautiful. Beautiful. Great God! His yellow skin scarcely covered the work of muscles and arteries beneath. His hair was of a lustrous black and flowing, his teeth of a pearly whiteness. But these luxuriances only formed a more horrid contrast with his watery eyes, that seemed almost of the same color as the dun-white sockets in which they were set his shriveled complexion and straight black lips. The different accidents of life are not so changeable as the feelings of human nature. I had worked hard for nearly two years for the sole purpose of infusing life into an inanimate body. For this I had deprived myself of rest and health. I had desired it with an ardor that far exceeded moderation. Looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that... You don't care about, like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want. And Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Cal Penn. Who are them? Crunch, crunch. Cal Penn, who are them? One, two, three. Who? Them? Oh. 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 Okay. Why? Maybe he is a who. God. Harold and Kumar was huge, of course. And then he worked for, like, the government, right? He <laughs> worked for, like, like, Barack Obama. No, Cal he worked Penn for, works for, Barack, for Obama. Barack Obama. But I think that kind of, like, he kind of jumped out of the spot, or he's kind of out of the spotlight. What's he up to? Yeah, I'm going to find he's a who, he's a who, he's a who. But I think he could be a them if that new Science of the Lamb show is a hit. Because he's a, oh, he's a lead in he's Clarice. In? Yeah. Oh. He's a lead. That show looks fucking good. <laughs> that it trailer does. is great. It's a good trailer. Wait, it's a, it's a, it's a prequel to 
uh, Silence of the Lambs? Is that it? It's no, it's after. It's basically like after she captures Buffalo Bill at the end of the Silence of the Lambs, she's like suddenly kind of famous. Not famous, but like people know who she is. So it's like what happens to her career as this like young, young, young novice FBI agent. So they're but they're turning they're kind of turning into like a, an, a procedural almost. That's what I assume. That's kind of smart because so many procedural shows that are like that, like CSI, whatever, like are kind of a ripoff of like a, a, a detective studies the serial killers yeah. that do the most fucked up shit you can yeah. think of. You know, like that always is like a thing. And I'm also right. a sucker for like very recent period. Like it's like set in the 90s, <laughs> which is cool. Like it's just far enough. There's nothing that I crave more than a show set in 2003. I'm like, oh, this was long ago, but not quite. <laughs> Okay, not so close. <laughs> Cal Penn, who? Hi, Emily. Medium time, medium time. Uh, I'm reading. I'm reading Ragtime right now, and it talks about Harry Houdini. And um, is Harry Houdini a them? Still? I mean, obviously yes, right? But does Gen Z know who Harry Houdini is? Okay, Harry Houdini, who were them? One, two, three, them. them. His name is like synonymous with magician. Like Houdini, the name. Yeah. Like if you name a, 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 a magician, it's Harry Houdini, right? And I looked on Famous Birthdays and he's in the top 10 Harrys. Wow. He's number six. Number one Harry is obviously Harry Styles. Styles. I don't know who two, three, four, five, eight, nine, Hamlin? ten are. Hamlin is way down the list. Of course he is. So we have Harry Styles at number one, Harry Houdini at number six, Harry Shum Jr., number seven. Oh, Harry Shum Jr. from Glee, mm-hmm. yeah. Harry Truman, 15. Harry Connick Jr., 13. Harry Connick Jr. beats Harry Truman, which I love. Uh-huh. We don't get to we don't get to Hamlin until scroll, yeah. scroll, 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 tie me up and put me in a locked box and throw me in the water magician versus like we now have lots of magicians that do all sorts of type of performance like you know the in and, the in and of itself magician which is what everyone's talking about now or at least everyone will be talking about it soon that's the movie that's on hulu that's a magician named like derek something who does like v- types of magic performance magic anyways harry houdini them died of uh like appendicitis or something? Yeah, his appendix. People think he died because he was punched in the stomach. Remember that? And yeah, he like yeah. wasn't whatever. But it was, he literally had yeah. a burst appendix. That's the yeah. truth. Yikes. They used to be one of my weirdest, like irrational fears. I was so afraid of like my appendix bursting and then I would just like die in the night. Well, they made it so, they made it seem like appendix breaking, bursting was like, could happen at any moment. It's like a ticking mm-hmm. time bomb. Meanwhile, I'm yeah. still waiting. Where's my, you still know, waiting. Oh my I God, don't, don't say you're waiting. No, I'm okay, just saying next. like, I still have it. <laughs> next call. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Long time, long time. I um, just watched the Bee Gees documentary on HBO Max. It's really good. Highly recommend. And I'm just curious, Bee Gees, who are them? Like, to me, iconic. Like, obviously, Staying Alive and a lot of their other songs are, like, very memorable. But I'm just curious if, like, younger people know who they are because they haven't really been around for a while. Like, I'm sure they've heard some of their songs. But, like, do people know the Gibb brothers? Like, do they remember that kind of, like, era of music? Or do people still care about that era of music? I don't know. Just thinking about that. And, I mean, huge, huge, huge thems to me. But I'm turning 35 in a couple weeks, so... I'm old. So anyway, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Crunch, crunch, bye. Loved this doc. By the way, love this doc. Oh, I have, actually, to watch it. I have to watch it. A good music doc. I think I said this on, actually, who cares if I said this on the Patreon already, but a good music doc is when you show up and you don't know a lot about the the musician or the actor or whatever, but a good music doc is when you don't know a ton about the musician, you watch the movie, right? And then you end the movie and you're like, 
The Bee Gees were the most iconic band in the world. <laughs> they changed music. These guys did. They made they made culture in America. Like you have that like a good doc kind of sticks that into your brain, you know, like gives you every reason in the world to be like, we fucking love the Bee Gees, you know? Is that Hulu or HBO? It's, it's HBO? HBO Max. It's HBO okay. Max. Had a Mend a Broken that. Heart, like the Bee Gees story. It's a great doc. It... It, it's just it's just very well done and I get how it's funny how this person like saw it and then was like are they who's or thems because you get so invested in the Bee Gees mm-hmm. whatever I think the Bee Gees are thems the like band brothers name Gibbs, the band name I think one two three them, them. but I, I don't think the brothers think the Gibb, brothers I think no I'm not sure I can the only name are... Barry right wow okay I should watch I should watch that it's just there's a lot there that like you do like I didn't know and it's just a, mm. they they really are interesting, and it's also a story about like how the way that disco was received, and how like the the anti disco movement was like very homophobic in a way, yeah. like that really had roots in kind of like the hatred that people had for disco music was so much more than just people saying disco music is bad. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. Uh, long time, medium time. My friends and I just watched Promising Young Woman, and we're fighting about whether or not Connie Britton is a who. I I mean, well, I guess you guys need to answer, but also, do you think that any of the people in that movie are thems, or are they, are they all who's? Uh, crunch, crunch. Connie Britton, who are them? Let's start with her. One, two, three. Who? who? I think I, she's very yeah. characteristic at this point, yeah. I think she had a moment and then kind of not lost the moment because she's still getting work and she's still good. But I think like Friday Night Lights is was the Connie Britton moment, and now we're we kind of don't really talk about how good her hair is anymore as a meme. We're over that as a culture. <laughs> yeah, well, she's not on network television all the time anymore. Right, but she's good. She's good in Promising Young Woman. I saw. I noticed her in that. She's good in that. I mean, everyone's good in Promising Young Woman. Connie has a very small role. It's a really good role. It's a short scene, but it's a good scene. A lot of the people in this movie, not who aren't <laughs> Carrie Mulligan, have a lot of short scenes in this movie that are very good i think this is a movie chock full of who's maybe the only other person who is as famous as carrie mulligan is laverne cox i was just gonna say i feel like laverne cox is somehow in this movie like the most because you have like bo burnham who's like us kind of like they're a, all these niche people very niche you have like what's his face from new girl the guy from veronica mars you have you allison McLovin. Bree playing an uptight of course typecast as uptight love that for her always cast that way sam richardson so you have all these people i mean the the casting of this movie was very specific because it's sort of like lovable dopes and then the whole point is like all these all these harmless comedians quote-unquote harmless comedians like men are evil <laughs> even What's her face is in this? Even Bend and Snap is in this movie. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge, yeah. Who is Jennifer Coolidge is fascinating in this movie because I it's, know, she's, when Jennifer Coolidge isn't doing her thing, she's really trying something else, which is iconic. Yeah. For them to let Jennifer Coolidge not be her, to not typecast her as Jennifer Coolidge is brave, and I salute it. Let her do other shit. Jennifer Coolidge in this movie is is Carrie Mulligan's mom, and she's like a depressed. Midwestern yeah. mother, <laughs> and it's yeah. weird to see her in that role, but I it's love good. It. But I think everyone in this movie is a who, except arguably Carrie Mulligan and Laverne Cox. And I would say I would uh, Bo Burnham. I I would I would say has is like kind of sometimes cuspy for me. I think Adam Brody's a who too. Alfred Molina, prestige who? Molly Shannon. I think that all these people are very arguably who's or cuspy. <laughs> yeah. Such great casting, this movie. Good casting. Really, if you think about it. Just great casting all around. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. This is Kelly calling again. Um, I can't remember if I called about this, but do you think Arsenio Hall is a them? Um, he's talked previously about how um, people that have had their own talk shows with their name um, as the title are basically guaranteed them. So I was wondering if you thought the same applies to him. Um, okay, crunch, crunch. Arsenio Hall, who are them? One, two, three, them. them. I yeah. think the talk show rule remains. But do you think like Craig Ferguson is a them? Like I'm just thinking of like talk show, like late night shows where it's like. Ooh, I kind of think Craig Ferguson is a them. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that's like the, the rule. Like the late night bubble is still powerful. Yeah, I'm. it's interesting. It's an interesting case to make. Arsenio is an actor too. So Oh, I mean Arsenio I think is a them even without your rule. And even if I were on the fence, the coming to America 
to trail so coming number to America, that trailer felt huge to me. Huge. Like seeing all of them back. Felt I was huge. like, oh, like to see Eddie Murphy, like Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall in that trailer felt like equals. And Eddie Murphy, like, how could you ever say he's not of them? And so it seemed like such a huge moment. Also, I feel like that release will bump him. Arsenio, like, oh, yeah. him being involved in that again and revitalizing that role is like, bit is big. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, long time, long time. This is kind of a targeted question for Bobby specifically. Um, I follow you on Goodreads and I saw you just read incomparable the bella twins shared memoir and i was just wondering if we could hear a very brief synopsis of your experience reading that book because it seems uh real bad so yeah i'd love to hear uh women don't belong in balloons goodbye this person clearly doesn't belong to the Patreon because if they belong to the Patreon, the Patreon, patreon.com slash whoweekly, they would know that the reason why Bobby is reading the Bella Twins memoir is because we are talking about the Bella Twins memoir on the podcast next week. Along with the Alex Trebek memoir, which is called The Answer Is Reflections on My Life. <laughs> the Bella Twins memoir is called Incomparable. You can listen to the Patreon for our full rundown. One of them is better than the other, by the way. <laughs> uh, we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. Keep calling it 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, concerns. Support us on patreon.com slash weekly, like we said, for twice weekly bonus episodes. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Love your reviews so much. Yeah. And also thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for the Rita uh, theme song. For the Rita theme song. Bye. Bye. Hey. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, long time, medium time, but just at the bottom of the pod. Because y'all are talking about Watchmen Crick, and the entire time before Lindsay says that she realizes she had no idea who Watchmen Crick what who they were, I thought y'all were talking about Wallace and Gromit, like those clay people from, like, you know, like the British ones. Um, so, or Wallace and Gromit who's? Wallace and Gromit feel like who's, but yeah. So suddenly I have name blindness for Wallace and Crick and Wallace and Gromit. Gromit. Okay. Me inside. Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. My name is Olivia. Um, I'm not your favorite Olivia, but I aspire to be your favorite Olivia. Um, so that's on um, my goal, my goal list for um, this year. Um, please don't play this. Okay, bye. Um, hi, long time, long time. This is really embarrassing, but um, I was googling Bonnie Raitt "Candle" because it's the song I like that she sings about a candle, and the related searches were just so funny. Does Bonnie Raitt home plate? Runaway Bonnie Raitt, Bonnie Raitt relationship, Bonnie Raitt collaboration, Bonnie Raitt longing, Bonnie Raitt prints, Bonnie Raitt albums. How is Bonnie Raitt doing? I know she's a them, but like anyone who can collect that list of related searches, you know, <laughs> God bless them. Um, crunch, crunch. Live in La Vida laptops.